Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Football Social Daily. The brand new Premier League season starts tonight. It's Burnley against Manchester City. But what sort of season will it be for Newcastle United? Well, if it's anything like last year, then Toon fans are in for a treat. Champions League football for the first time in a long time. Fresh faces to help bolster Eddie Howe's squad. And just maybe the chance of some major silverware, perhaps? We've all been keeping a close eye on matters at St. James's Park, but how are the fans feeling about 2023-2024? This is Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast, and let's find out about those expectations on Tyneside now, as I'm joined by Ed from the NUFC blogcast. All right, Ed? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right. I, I, do you know what? It still shocks me every time I hear we're in the Champions League. I was at the game where we secured it against Leicester with a with a nervy nil-nil draw. and uh, you know, Me too, actually. Oh, well, there you go. Well, the you know the announcer at the end, Newcastle United, after whatever many years you were in the Champions League. And, and since then, it, we've just been on cloud nine and the, the new season can't come around quick enough really and especially to see all of the players and their families on the pitch and all of the fans sticking around in St James's after the game it did feel like a long time coming because obviously you had the doldrums the years under Mike Ashley where it was all dark and gloomy and no one had even washed the windows for 15 years or something like that at the back of the Gallagher end yeah and eventually you know you get your moment so what was that like to experience oh it's great I mean no Newcastle fan expected this owner, you know, the new owners to get to the Champions League this quickly. We're way ahead of schedule. That's that's a big phrase Newcastle fans use. It's we're ahead of schedule by by a mile. Um, so you're right. You know, the doldrums of Mike Ashley. I had a season ticket in those days, unfortunately, and um, and you know, it was just no lack of investment in on the pitch and off the pitch. Like you said, the stadium in disrepair. Um, things like you know, the bar at Newcastle is called Shearers, but. When it was made, when Shearer retired, right? Mike actually changed it to number nine because he fell out with Shearer. Shearer's statue was moved off the, the grounds of the stadium. You know, these legends were barred from being at St. James' Park, like Kevin Keegan. It just was awful. And Mike actually did not care. So, so to get these new owners, for everything to happen so quickly, it's been 
yeah, like like a dream. You couldn't have written it better as a Newcastle fan to finish in the top four in our, in the kind of first full season of the owners. It's so petty that, isn't it? Moving statues and it's, changing the names wow. of bars and stuff like that. This is a man who uh, I think is known to be sort of petty. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he came in initially and when Allardyce was manager and said he wasn't going to get rid of Allardyce then got rid of Allardyce and brought in Keegan. And that, at that point we thought, oh, this guy's great. He's brought back Keegan. But very, very quickly... That all fell apart. And, you know, Keegan said in an interview, because Keegan went on and sued him and, and won. Um, and Keegan said, you're never, ever going to get anywhere under Mike Ashley. It's just all about him protecting his asset, slowly raising the value of it, just making sure it's kind of safe as a financial kind of honeypot for him. Uh, and then he, then, he, then he sells it and makes a profit. Fine, whatever. I mean, he he was the club was up for sale for about eight years apparently, um, but but finally, anyway, that's the past. Finally, it's been sold, and I know there's questions over ownership and everything like that, and there's there's big questions. Football has to answer, not just Newcastle fans, by the way. Football has to answer, but if you just take it at face value, Newcastle are in the Champions League. Yeah, brilliant stuff. And like you said, the fans have kind of got this mantra that you're ahead of schedule at this point in time. So how much do you need to temper the expectations? of this season because finishing fourth in the Premier League was an incredible achievement but now you've got Champions League football to think about which is another thing on top of the already difficult strains of a Premier League campaign. Yeah absolutely tempering expectation I mean we just put out a um, uh, on our Twitter NUFC blogcast we put out a poll we do it every week and then we talk about the results on on our podcast and the poll we put out this week was where do you expect us to finish this season? And so far, 60% of fans have said fifth or sixth. So the majority of fans are not expecting us to get into the Champions League again. So, I mean, that sometimes Newcastle fans are called deluded. I like to, you know, to I think that suggests that we are trying to, at least maybe we're all lying to ourselves, but we're trying to temper our expectations. I think a fifth, finishing fifth or sixth would be a huge success. I think last season was, we can't expect just to automatically be top four now. It just doesn't work like that. You look at clubs like Chelsea and Tottenham and Liverpool who didn't do it last season. Huge budgets, amazing squads. Anything can go wrong. So for me, success this season would be, a real success would be getting out of the group stages of the Champions League. That would be incredible, right? Um, a top six finish and maybe another cup run uh, like last season where we got to the League Cup final. Because as you said in, in the intro, for us to win... A, uh, a trophy of any kind, you know, a major trophy would be incredible. The last time we did it domestically was 1955. The last time we did it in any sense was 1969, which was the Intercity Fairs Cup, which became the UEFA Cup the next year. Um, and since then, I remember we, we, we won the Intertoto Cup once. I was going to say, you're not counting the Intertoto then. It was basically, it looked like Steve, Scott Parker, if you Google it, Scott Parker, <laughs> it looks like it. it's something, a certificate printed off Microsoft Word that you were given in primary <laughs> school for having a good a good lesson. Um, so no, I'm not counting the Intertoto Cup. Although that did get us into the UEFA Cup by winning that, which was quite you, cool. But... You'd be sinking to Spurs level if you count trophies like that. Yeah, we did win the Seller Cup the other day, which was the friendly tournament, um, which is by at our ground, by our own sponsors. And uh, the players were sort of mockingly sort of raised the trophy and it was quite quite fun really but the thing about the cup final last year the league cup final that we didn't win it's so gutting because I genuinely it just came in that little blip of the season that we weren't great if it was six weeks before or six weeks after I think we would have won I mean we thrashed Man United 2-0 at home uh, you know to absolutely demolish them battered them and then just in the cup final going into it if you remember Pope was out and Dubravka couldn't play so we had Karius in goal not that he made particular big errors but there was just a sense that I never thought we were going to win that Whereas six weeks before or six weeks after, I think we probably would have. So gutting. Yeah, and I can understand that. And maybe there might be another chance to 
be successful on that front this season. But we've touched upon how the Champions League is an extra competition. With that, you're going to need an improved squad or at least better squad depth. How have you seen the club's summer transfer business so far? Do you think the additions that Eddie Howe has made have been exactly what you've needed? Yeah, steady. I'd say steady. I mean, you, you know, Newcastle fans or, you know, serious Newcastle fans never expected, you know, Mbappe and Ronaldo and all this, all the Messi and all these crazy rumours you'd find on these silly websites online. Never expected that. I think that the priority positions were, I thought, left back, right side of centre mid, right wing, and then a right-sided centre-back. Now, what we've done, rather oddly, is buy a left-winger in Harvey Barnes that no one thought we needed. A right-back in Tino Livramento, that I don't know how he's going to fit in. We haven't replaced a left-back. It doesn't sound like we're going to now. We have got a right-sided centre-mid in Tenali, but it looks like we're we're going to continue with, with Almiron. I think, I mean, Tino Livramento, Harvey Barnes and Tenali, three big signings, 140 million spent or something like that. And it sounds like we're still going to going for sort of one more permanent transfer as a right-sided centre-back. And then maybe dip into the loan market, loan to buy, stuff like that. It's all FFP. We, we, of course, have got the money. We're 15 times richer than City, technically, our owners are. So it's just all about FFP. And what I love about it is we're doing it the right way. Um, since they took over, they, they've, they haven't put a foot out of place. Uh, every signing we've made, I mean, the only ones you could maybe argue against would be Chris Wood we got from Burnley and then he wasn't great. But... When we got him from uh, Burnley, uh, not Burn, uh, yeah, Burnley, was it Burnley? Yeah. yeah, Burnley, yeah. yeah. When we got him mm. from Burnley, they were outside the relegation zone, we weren't, and then we swapped yeah. by the end of the season. You weakened them, I guess. We weakened them. I mean, Chris it Wood, worked in a way. Chris Wood did a job for us. We've signed him for 20 million and we sold him for 15 or something. So, job done. Um, you know, not bad at all. So, every other signing's been on point. How incredible Bruno Gamaras has been. Alexander Isak, Wilson suddenly fit and scoring. Just everything is just coming alive. So it's 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 great. And I'd be... The, the thing we have to... Just to come back to your original question, how do we temper expectation? It would be absolutely unbelievable if we had a season as good as this one this season. So we've got to just expect something less, I think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With every new sign-in, that means someone probably has to leave the club. And sadly, you've lost a bit of a cult hero in Alain Samaximan. Are you sad about it? I know a lot of Newcastle fans are sad about it, but they probably understand why the decision was made. Yeah, I think it's it's. We're, I suppose the 
the way we are is we're realistic about it. We needed that cash in to, to balance the FFP. And it's interesting, as soon as that was announced, Barnes was announced and Livermento has been announced. We were waiting for that cash because you can you can get, th- say you've got 30 million. There's, there's varying fees being touted about. Say we've got 30 million cash in for Alanson Maximan. We can then spread that over the next four years to, to spend more than 30 million. So spend, say, 120 million. And that's still OK for FFP because we've got this 30 million. In, and they're, they're playing games with numbers on a spreadsheet, basically. But we had to sell to buy. We've got other people like Jeff Hendrick and Isaac Hayden and, and Matt, Matt Ritchie maybe always had just signed a new deal. But these players who are on the fringes who really we want to get rid of. Uh, Ryan Fraser's on 75 grand a week. And that doesn't play. He plays with the under 21. So there's, we're trying to shift them and we just can't because the realistic place they're going to go is the championship and they can't afford the wages. So we're kind of stuck on some players and therefore the sacrificial lamb really for FFP. The FFP sacrificial lamb for Newcastle United was Alanson Maximan. We absolutely loved him. He absolutely loved us, but it was time to go. Do you think that maybe the understanding in the football world that Newcastle are exceptionally wealthy and do have FFP problems might cause you some issues in the transfer market in years to come? You know, clubs might hold players to ransom for certain fees because they know Newcastle have got the money. But also that means you might have to make tougher decisions when it comes to the targets you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to be shrewd. We've got to be. We've got to be work quick in the market. You know, the thing like Alexander Isak that came out of nowhere. It was just we woke up one day and Newcastle have signed Alexander Isak. I love those deals. They're great. Not the ones that go on and on and on because then prices start going up. Agents get involved. All this sort of stuff. So, I think yes, there'll be a Newcastle tax. There already seems to be. It seems to be we're going for players and then we're quoted silly fees and we just. But the thing we've done well so far is we've just played hardball. We've gone no. And there's a there's a documentary on Amazon coming out about Newcastle on Friday. I don't know whether you've seen it. It looks really good. But there's a clip released yesterday of Amanda Stavely. It was, they're, they're working out the Anthony Gordon stuff. Um, and, you know, we'd offered 40 million and got knocked back or whatever it was. And it's just her saying, let's play hardball and all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, you can take so much from a clip. But I think that's what we've done. We, we seem to have people with a good business head on their shoulders running the club. And that is encouraging. Yeah. Chaos in the back of a taxi. Um, yeah, do transfer deals. <laughs> I know. It's so move. cool. It's exactly. It's exactly kind of. Yeah, you don't expect it like that. You think they're in a big boardroom with a, I don't know, yeah. a, a bank manager and a, all up on a screen. But no, they're just in the back of a taxi. It's like so, something yeah. from The Apprentice. You know, when Alan Sugar sends them out to do their tasks, and they're sort of. I really, <laughs> really hope in the back of a taxi. I really hope they are uh, more competent than The Apprentice candidates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm if you sure w- they are. Yeah, I'm honestly. sure they are. You. Um, your season starts on Saturday against Aston Villa. And then it's Liverpool at St. James's Park before a trip to the South Coast to take on Brighton. A pretty tough opening four games, I have to say, Ed. Yeah, I think I think that um, I think we've got the hardest start out of all the clubs. If you look at like uh, fixture difficulty ratings for the first five, five or six games, so yeah, it's it's a tricky start. Um, what do I expect? I, I'd like to start with a win at home against Villa. I think that's a big game because Villa are going to be good this season. <laughs> Unai Emery is the manager we went for before Howe. Um, we didn't get him um, and he's a good manager. He knows what he's doing. And towards the end of last season, they were looking brilliant. Ollie Watkins was looking a, a new man. They've they've made some really good signings like Paul Torres and Leon Bailey. Um, so they're dangerous. So I think it would be a statement win uh, at St. James's Park against Villa on Saturday. It would be an absolutely brilliant start to the season. If we lose, though, it's not a disaster. What we can't do is lose our heads if if in four games we've only got two points or something. We we need to stick to the plan because, as you said, it is one of the, it will be one of the hardest fixture patches of the season, and um, yeah. But as we showed last year, 
in hard fixtures, we can do well. We beat Man United 2-0 at home. We, we drew 3-3 with Man City with that Kieran Trippier free kick. Incredible. Um, you know, so we can perform against the very best. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I don't know how we're going to start. Preseason never tells you anything in my view. So, yeah, we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, it really is going to be interesting. And Ed and Ollie will be with you right throughout the campaign on the NUFC blogcast. Tell us about some of the content you've got planned for the season and what Newcastle fans can look forward to, Ed. Yeah, so we we've only we only started our podcast about two three months ago. It's really really it's been it's gone so well. Twenty thousand uh, listens already, and uh, we're doing a Aston Villa and season preview pod. We're recording it today actually, and it will go out today probably as well. And then largely through the season, we'll be doing two a week: one on a Monday, Tuesday; one on a Thursday, Friday. Previewing, reviewing. We we do we have some. We've got a section called FYI Man, which is where I quiz Ollie <laughs> and he quizzes me. And we've got uh, we do two like. Two, polls on twitter and talk about them it, it, we try and get as much uh, as many people involved as possible it's really good fun uh regular podcast and what we like to think is that we're quite snappy it's a bit like football social daily really get to the point quite snappy not an hour and a long hour and a half long ramble we're not on youtube or anything it's just audio so just search nufc podcast if you're a newcastle fan or even if you're not and you just want to hear about us yeah absolutely if you are a team fan get involved it's at nufc podcast on twitter as well and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts it is part of the sports social podcast network Right, Ed, good luck for Saturday. Good luck for the season. Hopefully we'll catch up again for too long on Newcastle's fortunes. And you can stick with us on Football Social Daily right throughout the campaign. We'll be back to a full schedule of content for you because the season's here. It's arrived, finally. But that's what we're here for. Don't forget, if you hit subscribe, that way you won't miss an episode again. But from myself and Ed, that's it. We'll catch you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.